take your Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel 16. And I want to talk to you about a guy who went back. I, I've been telling him, where do we go from SLC? I'll tell you where we go. We go back to your father's sheep. You go back to your father's sheep. Because Goliath's coming down the road. But you have to be prepared. And what you're doing right now at Bible College, you're going to have your opportunities to declare the gospel. A week does not go by now that I don't get opportunities on a one-on-one -on -one basis to, to share. And now from behind the pulpit to be able to give the gospel. And all those come. But you've got to go back to your father's sheep. First of all, and I want to see you the same. By the way, I'm going to tell you something. I got out of my, uh, out of my devotions uh, this past week, a couple days ago. I've been in, in First Chronicles, and I just came across this, the coolest verse. And First Chronicles is a tough book. It really is, but I, the Lord's just given some really good gems. If you are Blue Crew, would you stand right now? Blue Crew. I want everyone on Blue Crew to stand. All right? First of all, let's give these people an incredible round of applause. does not happen if you're not doing what you're doing. But 1 Chronicles chapter 26 verse number 1 they're setting up the whole kingdom. They're setting up everything to do with the temple that, you know, David's not going to build it but he's getting everything organized for it. And there is this group of people called the porters. And do you know what the porters did? Look up the word. The porters set up the temple and cleaned out the temple, otherwise known as Blue Crew. And you guys are the porters of the Bible. So everyone look at them and go, way to go, porters. You may be seated. That has nothing to do with my message, but I just wanted to tell you that was the coolest thing in devotions this week. I said, man, the Blue Crew's out there. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 16. And I want you to see something. Samuel comes to anoint the, king, the next king of Israel. Boy, what a deal that is. And we pick it up in verse number 8. Then Jesse called Abinadab, the oldest, the elder brother, Duh. and made him pass before Samuel. And he, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Hmm. Then Jesse made Shema to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. Samuel said unto Jesse, Wow, Lord hath not chosen these. Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, now You think about this. You think about this for just a minute. I mean, that, I mean this is dad. And he just brought his seven boys across. And Samuel's going, boy, the Lord just hasn't given, just hasn't given a, a green light on this. Is there, is, do you have another, do you have another son? I mean, and no offense, Dad, but you're not really lifting this guy up too much. And look at what he says. And again, Jesse made all seven goodbye. And Samuel said unto Jesse, verse 11, Are here all thy children? And he said, well, there, there remaineth yet the youngest, you know, the little guy, the run of the litter, and behold, 
Everyone together. What's the next four words? Everyone together. Yeah, there's one. The youngest. And you just know that being a shepherd right here wasn't like the glamorous job. Yeah, I have one more son. You know what he does? He goes to Bible college. I, I got one. I got, I got one. I got, I got the youngest one. And um, he, uh, he's on Blue at West Coast. He does security. Uh, he's, he's taking five classes. He's taking care of my sheep. Yeah, I got, I got one more, and, and all he does is, is take care of my sheep. They're not even his sheep. They're, 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 they're my sheep, and, and he takes care of them. But I think you better go get them. And in walks the next king of Israel. Look at the next verse. And he sent and, and brought him in now. He was ruddy, wherewithal of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forth. He was anointed king that day. Day. He was given the gospel to give. He is commissioned. He is the next king of Israel. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. And now the king of Israel has been anointed. And you guys know the answer. And if you don't, look over at chapter 17 and you can find it. And after David is anointed king, everyone together, where does he go? Where does he go, gang? Back to Dan Sheen. But, but, but he just went through spiritual leadership conference. I mean, he just, it was anointed. I mean, he is now going to declare the gospel. I mean, this is what he's going to spend his life. And you know where he had to go to after spiritual leadership conference, after being anointed king? He went back to his father, Sheen. Now, God was going to use him in a mighty way. But college students, I want to tell you something. There is nothing you are going to do more for the gospel this week than work on your final exams. That is what God has for you. Now, you're going out Saturday, and you've got to be as pumped as anything. By the way, did you ever think about what all the TSA agents and all the flight attendants that are coming out of Atlanta must be experiencing today? I've been thinking about it. I prayed about it this morning. I did. I prayed. I said, Lord, a lot of TSA agents are going to get more tracks than they've ever had. Flight attendants are going to be preached to all over America, going all over the country, you know. And that's fabulous. And I know if you've ever been pumped for your ministry on Saturday, it better be this week. But I am going to tell you this, gang. We need to go back to our father's sheep. So last night, I just got to think, this is like one of the greatest services, one of the greatest messages I'd ever been in. You know what I went back to? Reading Youth Philosophy Projects at 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Man, why are we getting all those projects done? And I got, we, got, we got to get the final exam ready. Hey, you know what, gang? If it, if it has to happen for a 64-year-old, it's going to happen for a 20-year-old. Right. You know what, gang? we got to go back to our father's <laughs> 
And there isn't anything for the gospel that you're going to do more than get back to your father's sheep. Look at chapter 17 because this is pretty cool. You know, we got all these first verses about this, this great giant, this champion. And then in verse 12, everything changes in the narrative. We got this guy come, and you know, by the look at their response to verse number 11. And when Saul and all Israel heard this nine foot six inch giant come out every day, there were those words of the Philistine, they were. And I am going to tell you right now, this is the greatest thing that this conference did for every person that's been at this conference. It changed the narrative of who we are because these two words has been the response of Christianity in America. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. That pretty much sums up Bible-believing Christianity in America today. Dismayed and afraid. But, now I will tell you, our conference changed that narrative in all of our hearts. But I want you to see the next verse. Verse 12. Now David. Now David. Now look down to verse 15. But David went. Remember he was, he was playing the instruments and so I love this. He's doing all these instruments and, and, and he's playing this music for King Saul. But David went and returned from Saul, being in the palace, being in the kingdom, to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Now, can I tell you, here, here David's got this incredible job. Talk about jobs of all jobs while going to college. David gets to play in the king's court. But where does he always go back to? He's got to go back to taking care of dad's sheep. College students, I'm going to tell you that not all of ministry is leading people to Jesus. A lot of ministry is going back to your father's sheep and cleaning up things and doing things that you've got responsibilities to do. Somehow, don't lose the zeal of what we've all experienced but go back and feed your father's sheep this week. They're, I'm telling you, get together. Work on your classes. This is finals. You're here to train. You're here to prepare. You're here to get from the shelf out into the ministry. You're here, and you guys got to feed your father's sheep. Now, this is going to become very important. I think there's three reasons why we need to go back and feed our father's sheep. You write notes, write it down quick, because here we go. Number one, really quick, three reasons why we got to go back to feed our father's sheep. Number one, it builds humility. It builds humility. Now, we heard some incredible soul-winning stories, but I will tell you guys, for every one of those stories, there are dozens of rejections, and there's dozens of no's, and there's dozens of slam doors. For every one of those great things, I'm telling you, there's a lot of feeding of dad's sheep. There's a lot of things. And you know it's good? Because the most important element that we need, the most important element we need in the ministry is the grace of God. And you only give God's grace. God resisteth the proud, help me out, but gives grace unto the hearers. Do you know what going back to feed the father's sheep does? You go back to your dorm room and you do what you're supposed to do. You know what that does? It builds humility. And that's the deal. You ain't carrying the head until you're willing to carry the cheese to your brothers. Until you're willing to clean the sheep, you ain't taking down David, and you're not taking down Goliath. One of the reasons.
reasons why we all have to go back today and start feeding our father's sheep today is because it builds humility. Number two, it creates responsibility. Taking care of your father's sheep creates responsibility. We begin to become responsible and we begin to own it. In just a few minutes in this story here, you're going to know this. You know the statement. We're not going to take time to go through it all, but the, 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 the statement's going to be in just a few moments. Is there not a cause? So this guy, 16-year-old boy, comes to this situation. He has taken the responsibility of his father's sheep. So now when there is a major issue, he says, is there not a cause? And he does something. He owns it. He takes it and says, this is this is there not a cause? Hey, if nobody else can do it, my brothers aren't going to do it. If King Saul's not going to do it, I'm owning this, man. I'm taking this. And I do hope, college student, that you own the gospel, that you own your area. I thought one of the coolest things we have ever done in this college was what we did Monday. I, I came out of my office and I just stood, I wanted to see it. Where the, where the football field, girls, you don't know about this, but the guys do. The football field became the United States. And, and Dr. Getz told you guys to go where you're either from or where you believe God's called you to and pray on the football field representing the United States. You know what he was doing? Own it, man. That's your city. Own it. And I'll tell you how you learn how to own stuff. Be responsible for your classes. If, come on. You can't, if you're not responsible for your classes and your projects, but I'm going to own Seattle. Oh, get out of here. You're not going to own nothing if you can't even do it, man. You know what the taking care of your father's sheep does? Taking care of your father's sheep builds responsibility in your life. These aren't your sheep even. But he owned those sheep, man. He owned those sheep. I'll tell you what else. I think there's three reasons why today we got to get back to our father's sheep. It builds humility, it creates responsibility, and it develops ability. It develops ability. What you're doing with your father's sheep in your classes this term, and guys, we're going into a new term next, next week. Now, I'm not, I, I won't be here. And I just want to tell you, if this has been the best eight weeks I have ever experienced here. I cannot tell you how much I have absolutely loved my college. Uh, you guys and, the, and my classes, it just, it, it's been amazing. When you guys start it all up again on Monday, and you get back to your father's sheep, and I tell you what it'll do. It will build humility in you. It will create responsibility, and I tell you what, it will develop ability. What you're doing in these classes one thing, it was hard to stay up reading all those projects. But I read a couple projects that were just the coolest thing in the world. I read projects of a biblical youth philosophy last night that both my wife and I, she's helping me grade. We, 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 didn't, we didn't have tears in our eyes, but we were choked up. These students took this, used this. They're going to use this in their ministry. They take a Bible verse, they put a philosophy to it, and then the application to it. This is like the coolest thing in the world. They're building their ability to serve. And when you take care of your father's sheep, you're learning skills. Because if you take this story, this is so missed in this story. How does David know 
that he's going to feed, defeat Goliath. Well, because he knows that God's on his side. Yes, but that is not a really a right answer. He knows Goliath's coming down because he has developed an ability and a skill to kill a lion and a bear. And because he killed the lion and the bear, he knows he's got this Goliath guy. You got to go back now and start feeding your father's sheep. And the reason is you're developing the ability with your lions of projects and your bears of responsibilities, you're getting ready for Goliath. You cannot go around that. You ain't just gonna face Goliath if you haven't defeated a lion and a bear. You gotta go back to your father's sheep. Now, I just, the thing that amazes me with this is if it's me and I'm taking care of dad's sheep and a lion comes in and takes one of the little lambs out. Oh, I, I'm oh. I come home that night and I say, hey dad, I got bad news. We lost one of your lambs today. Oh, son, you need to take better. I know, Dad. I, I'm going to put him in a different pasture and everything, but we lost one of those lambs. And if a bear comes in and takes one of my dad's lambs out, I go back and say, hey, Dad, we lost another one today. But not this time. David goes after dad's lamb. Do you think God's watching that? Do you think God's saying, you are ready one day to become the king of Israel? Come on, students. What do we need to do now? The greatest thing you can do to declare the gospel in the future is right now get back to your father's sheep. And I know this isn't the message you want to hear in chapel, but I'm telling you something. You're not going to defeat Goliath. You are not carrying the head if you can't carry the cheese in your classes. If you can't cut it in your classes, you are not. If you can't keep up with the footmen, Ain't no way you're running with the horses. You have got to go back and take care of your father's sheep. And I'm telling you, college students, as excited as we were when we heard that message last night and we left that conference last night, you got to say, God, I'm excited about getting back to my father's sheep. I'm going to have the best final exams. I am getting into this. And you know what? God is watching. You're not here for anyone else but the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is watching. It will build humility, it will create responsibility, and it will develop your ability.